Welcome to The Crunch with Crib. I'm Jess, and each episode I'll be talking with some of WA's best real estate agents and business people to find out what makes them tick and what lessons they've learned on their journey to success. Did you know that Simon McGrath got his start in real estate after a failed career marketing Kieran Perkins branded fruit? Neither did we. But after 20 years of selling in some of Perth's most prestigious suburbs, Simon has well and truly proved himself in real estate. It was a pleasure to chat to Simon for this episode of The Crunch, and as well as sharing his story with us, Simon also outlined why it's so important to provide value in today's market and what he looks for in an up-and-coming agent. Simon? Yeah. Welcome to The Crunch. Let's do it. Thank you for coming along. We've just, I feel like we've just missed a lot of the best conversation because I haven't been recording. And we've Humbug, been, the, yes, the we've best been, is yet to come. <laughs> the best is yet to come. So thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. And as I always do, I would like to kick off today's little interview um, by hearing a little bit about how you got started in real estate, which I know was, what, 20 or so years ago? Yeah. In August this year, it will be 21 years. Wow. Okay. And I got into real estate because I'd lost all my money. I had um, I went to work for Karen Perkins and his father, the uh, swimmer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Olympic swimmer, okay. running a um, wholesale marketing company that um, basically sold fruit and vegetables into the east coast of Australia. Anyway, mm-hmm. we launched it on on his brand with his image, and we had TV commercials all down the so east coast. So that would have been prime Karen Perkins. Oh kind yeah, of he era. was a hot. He was the Cereal hottest box. property in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we had hundreds hundreds of thousands of dollars of sales in the bag and the first product we launched under his brand was a, uh, a rock melon. Anyway, it corresponded with two years of flooding in Chinchilla and St. George oh, where all the rock melons are growing. Anyway, <laughs> but it all went bankrupt and uh, and at that stage I'd met my wife um, at a party in Fremantle and she put a spell on me and so I was flying back from Brisbane to to Perth to Brisbane all the time to see her. And I was once, I was just driving past the old Matilda Bay Brewing and I looked out at the ocean. I go, I'm just not going back. <laughs> anyway, I did go back and I handed in my resignation and came back to uh, to live in Perth and had to do something. Yeah. And um, as a kid, I'd, my parents had friends who were real estate agents and they always drove really nice cars. Yeah. And I thought, gee, you know, I, I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I met a guy who was in real estate. I was um, working in a plumbing warehouse as a storeman yep. and uh, just as an interim. Actually, the happiest days of my life, I'd ride my bike to work and my wife and I lived in a, well, she wasn't my wife then. Um, we lived in a little uh, two-bedroom Brian Klopper apartment in uh, in Fremantle called Fabric. Yep. And they were very happy days, extremely simple. This house had a front, front door and a toilet door. That's all it had. And <laughs> I'd ride work, my- Do some hard labour. That's it. Yeah. Ride my bike to work, ride my bike home. It was pretty good. So I, I went and did a 10-day uh, meditation uh, in silence, a uh, Vipassana at the Buddhist Meditation Centre and uh, came out of that and went straight into real estate. And I've never stopped talking since. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine you learned to talk with real estate. I imagine it was before that. I have a question on- the rock melon. Yeah. Being someone that works in marketing, how is that – how do you brand a rock melon, Karen okay. Perkins? Okay. So <laughs> Karen Perkins is literally was the hottest property at that yeah. time. Just post-Olympics, world record holder. I'm sure I and did three we, different school projects on him. You must have. <laughs> we launched these TV commercials under the brand of um, 
his his father, myself, and uh, two other guys owned a brand called Peak. Okay. And we would take a product, and the first one was the rock mill, and then advertise it into uh, through t- television, media, etc., into the major supermarkets. And we had orders with Coles, Franklin's, Woolworths for hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So rock melon wasn't a, a known fruit. No, it was a known fruit, but it was branded. So okay, so you buy a peak rock melon now in, right, J- in Japan, okay. like it, a Fuji apple. Yeah, kind right. of like that. Okay, but branding is really super important, and it has a relationship to real estate, of course, and we'll get to that. But the peak rock melon was the one that was endorsed by Karen Perkins. Right. And um, we did an ad where he was in front of all these kids at school and he had half a rock melon and he was eating it while he was talking to the kids. <laughs> and the kids say, you know, what's your record, Mr Perkins? And he said, I think it's eight and a half. And they went, eight and a half rock melons, you know. Uh, so and it was kind of cute. Right, But it, right. it worked. We got massive orders <laughs> but no supply. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Thank you for clearing that My up. pleasure. Um, <laughs> so back to real estate, you started off – Correct me if I'm wrong, hmm. in an office in Frio Prison or is that this no, is the start of Abel McGrath? That's the start of Abel right, McGrath. Right, right. So tell me how you went from sure. your first days of real estate into Abel McGrath. Sure. I um, had a friend who owns Perth's largest business broking firm, GMO, mm-hmm. and he introduced me to a couple of real estate agents who had agencies in the western suburbs. At that time I was dating a girl in the western suburbs and um, it seemed like the thing to do. <laughs> that was my entire introduction. <laughs> so I got a job uh, working for a, a guy who I ended up leaving because he didn't look after his staff very well. Mm-hmm. And um, so I sort of worked my way through the ranks. I was I was the number one salesperson there. And then along this journey, I just realized I was in the wrong, this was the wrong environment for me to be in. It wasn't completely respectful or wholesome mm. or you went, didn't feel appreciated by the, the the principle of the business. And so, you know, I made a decision to leave. And then I'd met a guy who um, I'd sold a house for and um, he had just come out of a, a – he'd just come through bankruptcy mm-hmm. and he needed to do something. And so I – at that I've jumped a couple of years, but at that stage my second child was about to be born and I realised that Real estate was too tough to um, do. You needed you need to have some leverage and some assistance in the background to give a level of service that I could allow me to sleep at night mm-hmm. and also uh, cover enough ground because it's it really is a, a manic manic industry. Mm-hmm. So um, I'd sold his house for him and. We had a chat and we eventually got together and we started Abel McGrath Property okay. Group. And to do that, we I lived in Fremantle at that stage mm-hmm. and we rented a prison cell and it was $18 <laughs> a week. That was our entire <laughs> overhead. And we went to Office Works and bought a <laughs> photocopy machine and a fax machine and uh, we were in business and it worked really well. We uh, operated under somebody else's licence. You can do that yeah. um, as long as you, the addresses are the same and you pay some sort of licensing fee and the insurances are covered as a fiscal relationship. So we did that for a while and then uh, we managed to get a premise in Claremont and all the time building up our trade and uh, taking on um, more staff and and eventually got to the stage where um, currently I've got about, I think it's 45 staff and um, we manage a huge amount of properties under property management Mm -hmm. and we last year came fifth in the state for uh, the amount of real estate we sold Mm -hmm. 
And that's pretty good when there's a thousand plus agencies and, mm-hmm. and ten thousand reps. Yeah. So yeah. absolutely. Anyway, it's been a been a f- fabulous journey. What do you think are the, some of the biggest lessons that you learned in those early in those early years? Um, not to take it personally, mm-hmm. or I have to qualify that because there's a um, you need to take every interaction with your client personally mm-hmm. because it's too important for them and for you not to. Mm-hmm. But when things don't go your way, there can be many elements that have um, brought about that outcome. Yeah, it might not be you. And so, you know, when you don't get that piece of business or um, something doesn't go the way you wanted it to, just don't take it personally. And, you know, it is a conveyor belt. There'll be another opportunity along any second. Mm-hmm. And one has to maintain, you know, be the best person you can be and then you're then you're available for that opportunity. If you're still licking your wounds about the last one you didn't get, yeah. you're not very good to get the next one. Yeah. So that's probably my point is... Um, let things go. Mm-hmm. Just let it go, and move on. Because there's, you know, the, it's an abundant world, and there's always another opportunity. And and maybe if it's not working for you, it's time. It's a message. Yeah. Maybe get out. Yeah. Have you ever felt like, um, have you? You know, it's been twenty years. Do you yeah. still love it every day? Look, there's days where I don't. Yeah. I've just got to be honest with you. Um, there's days where I could. You know, you'll find me in the fetal position underneath the desk <laughs> sobbing. No, not really. I stand up and sob. <laughs> like Look, a man. Yeah, yeah, like a man. <laughs> sob like a man. <laughs> the, the answer to that question is, yeah, I do. I yeah. dig it. I dig people. I have a huge amount of fun with all my clients. Mm-hmm. And they end up being relationships. Yeah. They start off as purely business relationships and they end up being um, some very long-term friendships and special relationships with some beautiful people that I nurtured over this transition from one home to another. Mm -hmm. And that feels great. Yeah. Really good. In fact, I'll tell you a secret uh, on radio. Okay. The um, (laughs) first person I ever sold a house to were uh, South African immigrants and they are God parents to my children. Mm-hmm. And, oh, wow, and, there you go. here we are, 21 years later, we still socialise. Yeah. I had um, dinner with them only recently. Yeah, there you go. The yeah, relationship you build. Yeah. 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 Tell me, um, you said when you kind of want, you started Ava McGrath or you went out on your own, it was because you needed the assistance or needed with the leverage. support, the leverage. Yeah. Um, but I assume that, you know, at the moment, well, you know, since you started Abe McGrath, you've got the role of real estate agent, mm-hmm. um, which is tough enough. Yeah. And then you're the principal of, of, a, of a business as well. Yeah, so true. how do you kind of balance those two? Look, um, not only do I have the uncanny knack to surround <laughs> myself with beautiful women, um, I also surround myself with incredibly competent women. Mm-hmm. And I find uh, I like working with women because they care. Mm-hmm. And there's a level of honesty. The egos are dropped, which is what, probably what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So I really enjoy that. Now, yeah. I think there's only four blokes in my company. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the point I'm making here is that I have had the ability to see qualities in people that are synergetic with myself. Yeah. So, like my current PA, this is Shannon, who's mm-hmm. just totally fabulous. She is. Totally fabulous. Now, yeah. All those other real estate agents, stop calling her. She's staying, all right? <laughs> and um, They're a hot commodity, good you know, PAs. <laughs> and the, it allows me to be me. Yeah. It, it, um, it allows me to bring my gift to the table mm-hmm. when the other things are taken care of. Yeah. So 
you know, Shannon makes my appointments for me. Uh, when email inquiries come in, Shannon sets up the meetings for me. Those types of things, it allows me to have my head free to be the creative um, individual that I am mm-hmm. or recalcitrant eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you've you got to do what you're good at. Yeah. And yeah. Um, booking termite reports just is not my bag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like goofing around with a a buyer and getting them in, in a state where they're totally comfortable that I can ask them really tough questions, closing questions about if we, are you going to make an offer on this today? Yeah. Can you see yourself living here? Yeah. What are the things about this that you like the most? You know, cl- little c- closing questions leading to a big closing question. I uh, I disarm the the people, you know, my, my people I deal with, mm-hmm. but do it in an honest sense. It's not trickery or conning, I want the best for them. Yeah. That's where I come from. That's my position. So what I, where I'm going with this is if you come from a good place, you don't need to fake it. Yeah. You can goof around with people. Yeah. You can push into their space because it's it's wholesome for you to push into their space. Mm-hmm. I'm literally helping them make up their minds. And sometimes we all need a little push. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And But the, behind that is a, uh, a foundation of yeah, I just wouldn't do anything bad to anybody. It's mm-hmm. not in me. Yeah. I don't want to. Is that um, as an as an agent? Mm-hmm. How you know has that always been the way you've you've dealt with people and the way you've done business, or is it something you've developed over time? To- no, it it's innate. It's, yeah. it's who I am, and it means you know you don't win every race, mm-hmm. but you win enough. Yeah, and it's the enough that you count at the mm-hmm. end of the day. So I, I've got this sort of theory. Our, our business has two poles, and you've got the doormat. And that's the rep that is just plain too nice. Mm-hmm. They want to be your best friend. They they can't get out of their own way. Yeah. And they don't ask the tough, tough questions that you've got to ask of a seller and a buyer. Mm-hmm. You, you know, with sellers, generally the big one is around the price and expectations. Now we're in a tough market right now, and I've had to read the right act lovingly to to many clients recently to get the property sold when they have been presented with a realistic and commercially viable offer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they don't want this. It's like administering the drug. Yeah. Somebody has to do it. Yeah. And in a professional person in real estate, it's the agent. Mm-hmm. So it's not pleasant, but it is, it's tough love. Yeah. It is tough love and you've got to give it. So having the ability to do that means you can't be a doormat. You just can't. Otherwise, no one respects you. you. You get sucked into all sorts of uh, uh, scenarios that don't pay off for anybody and it's just a nightmare. Mm-hmm. On the other end of the scale, you've got the asshole. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. And they're out there. Yeah. They're people who will, who will give away the seller's lowest price, who will um, do anything just to get it sold, um, you know, not disclose information, um, all sorts of, you know, up. Our business has had a poor reputation, but I believe it's getting far better, mm-hmm. um, particularly as younger people enter the industry and there's more transparency around sales. It's just cleaning up the business a lot. But there's a, it's a nice fresh um, troop coming through the, the industry. But if you're a bad person, you know, you can create a lot of damage in this business. Yeah. I want to um, touch on, I guess, social media on that point mm-hmm. because – it's such a big. It's becoming such a big part of mm. every agent's arsenal. Um, and how do you go about um, letting your personality shine through? Because that's sure. obviously the reason why someone would sell with you. Yeah, is because you are honest and you know all yeah. of those things. How do you look at social media in a, a, 
and making sure that um, what you put on there is a true reflection of who you are as an agent? Well, I think most agents now run two Facebook pages. Yeah. Um, there is I, – I run two Facebook pages. Yeah. One of them's really good fun. Yeah. And the other one's pretty good fun. Yeah. And they have a, a overlapping of some of the material. Mm-hmm. But on my more personal one, there's, you know, a bunch of family stuff yeah. and um, – and I'm a bit of a, a social justice warrior and yeah. fighting Cardinal Pell and all of that, <laughs> you know. But that's that's in me. I I, I I'm a f- uh, advocate for natural justice. Yeah. And and I I just hate injustice mm-hmm. in in any sense. Now some of that stuff filters across to my um, sort of professional page. Yeah. On the professional page, I wear a tie. That's the big difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, Shannon, Shannon the Wonder Girl, mm-hmm. she uh, helps me with my business one yeah. and then picks things out of my personal one to drag across. So there's mm-hmm. always this flavour of who I am. Mm-hmm. and um, But I'm a, uh, also an advocate for authenticity. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, what I'm seeing at the moment is a lot of um, sort of irksome shininess. Yes. And I, it's almost vomit-worthy for me. <laughs> and... Um, it's just not authentic. Yeah. And I go, okay, you can pull off authentic for a while, but after a while people go, yeah, I just – I smell a rat here yeah. somewhere. So that's the trick. Mm-hmm. The trick is to provide content which is not totally business-focused but is really authentic to who you are as yeah. a person. Yeah. Um, and that might be liked or it might not be liked. Mm-hmm. You've just got to be brave enough to find out. Well, it's the same in real life. It is in the so same in real life. You might and be liked or you might not be liked. That's right. Unbelievably, <laughs> not everybody loves me. <laughs> me either. It's shocking. Why do you sit with shocked. that, you know? <laughs> how, can there, how can there's so many idiots? <laughs> um, so tell me about then how your – how has, has business changed for you? Obviously digital is a big thing now but also managing your sellers, yeah. you know, is different now. It's, it's a tough market. Okay, so – it's changed, but it mm-hmm. hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, the number one thing is, and I've, um, I can remember a conversation I had with a uh, w- one of the salespeople that worked with me, and they wanted to buy these um, voucher books to give away and create business through offering holidays, and mm-hmm. and I just, this person was talking to me, and I just said, stop, 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 stop. And he said, well, what is it? I said, no, there, there's only the phone. Yeah. Just pick, just, just phone. There's only the phone. Mm-hmm. That's it. There's yeah. no other magic bullet. Just pick up the phone and hear someone's voice and give them yours. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And so the, the I suppose telephones are digital, but the, my, my point here is it's a function of how many people you reach out to in an authentic sense. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that is through telephone. In the background, you're building a brand, mm-hmm. which is probably the digital sense. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want to find people, don't be in the business. Yeah. It's, yeah. we keep tallies on our telephone call out, you know, how many calls we make out. Yeah. It's, um, it is the lifeblood of this business. And the, the fear is that you're finding somebody that don't want to hear from you. But I got to tell you, nine out of 10 times, people say, hey, thanks for the call. Has that been, have you noticed that, um, I mean, you sell in, in, you know, an affluent area and I'm mm-hmm. assuming a lot of your sellers and, and your buyers are in the older demographic. Not all, but Not some. Not all, but some. Y- you'd be fair to say. But um, in terms of picking up the phone, there's a there seems to be a real 
aversion, I guess, for some it's people fear. to act when they get a phone call. You know, it's kind of like, why? who's calling me? God, why can't yeah. I send a text? Have you noticed a change in that regard? No, I haven't. Yeah. Uh, um, the response from a telephone call is overwhelmingly positive, mm-hmm. uh, much much more so. I do this thing when I do my callbacks. I send out a – I have a pre-programmed text. I send the text and then I call like 30 yeah. seconds after. Yeah. So because – People are heads up. Yeah. What? Not quite right. Mm. What it does, it, it guarantees that I've got my message across. Okay. So the telephone call after that point can go wherever – you know, it's, the telephone call is more fluid, mm-hmm. yet the message is succinct. Yeah. So they get it. Yeah. And I know they've got it, which then gives me the freedom – to goof around to on have the phone. a chat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me, is your process in terms of your calls and all of the, mm. those things that you do, again, developed over time? Do you have a coach? Um, well, I've had lots of coaches over the yeah. years. Um, the best coach is failure yeah. and the regret of failure. Yeah. But the, um, yeah, you know, I've um, done Tom Panis, um, I'm trying to think who all these guys are now, but there's <laughs> there's an uh, endless parade of people wanting to take my money. Yeah. And, um they each offer something. Yeah. But what I generally find out is that they deliver their magic bullet in the first part of the relationship mm-hmm. and the second part of the relationship is justifying why they should still be there. Yeah. Well, then it's up ge- to you to yeah. really implement what they're telling Ex- exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. You won't implement everything. Mm-hmm. You've just got to implement something. Yeah. And that's generally how it works out for me. Yeah. Um, the diligence around doing the telephone calls is the big one. It's the most dollar productive activity that one can do in real estate. Mm -hmm. Everything else is kind of like window dressing. Yeah. Telephone calls is where it's at. Yeah. Do you mentor anyone? Uh, Look, I have. Yeah. Lots of people. And Mm -hmm. um, and I'm very proud to tell you that one of my salesmen got number one this month in the state. Wow. And that is that feels very good. Congratulations. I've I've, I've been there. I've been number one in the state. I know the feeling. Yeah. It is a fabulous feeling. Anyway, um, yeah, very proud of him. And he is the guy who does the most telephone work in our business. Yeah. He's just a maniac on the telephone Mm -hmm. and much more diligent and organized around it than myself. He Mm -hmm. logs his calls keeps you know, charts on how many he makes, that sort of thing. I just basically put aside time and go hard as I, as I can go yeah. for that period. Yeah. And I don't log them, I don't count them, but I just know I get to the end of that time period and I, well, I either smashed it or I didn't and yeah. can't answer to anybody else but me. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've put aside that time period and you don't feel good that day, yeah. do you do it anyway? Yeah, I do. Yeah. You, you, the t- you'll never get back the time. Yeah. Once the time's gone, money comes and goes, time just goes. Mm-hmm. And um, you have to because the longer you, it is between when you needed to call that person that you're in a relationship with, seller or buyer, particularly sellers, and they're hungry for your information. Yes. They're like fretting. Yeah. And, you go, and the longer you get, the more irksome it gets inside you, mm-hmm. the more sick you feel in the tummy about that call. Yeah. So I, I do this weird trick, okay? <laughs> I dial the number as if it's not me. So, you know, da-da-da-da, dial the number. And then I go, I, pre- I look away and I press send <laughs> and then I go, oh, sh- shit, now I've got to talk to them <laughs> because somehow the number got dialed. <laughs> I know it's, um, it's, it's my own little insanity but it, but it works, particularly with um, uncomfortable calls. Yeah. It's a mind I, trick. It is a mind trick. I feel like I probably do that myself sometimes. You've just – You just got to press dial and then- And, uh, you know, it's never as bad as I thought it might have been. No. Never is. No. And some of those are the most golden telephone calls. Yeah. 
I think the feeling of having to make the call is worse than the actual call. Far worse. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about your competitors in your market. You work in a very uh, tough patch. We do. It's the most competitive patch of real estate in Australia. Yeah. More real estate agents per square metre than anywhere else in, in Australia. Really? Yeah. Wow. In more than double bay. Okay. Wow, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a tough patch. So what do you do to stand out and keep your market share and, you know? Oh, look, my comic genius. <laughs> um, in the early days, we um, we had these really interesting little vans which got us noticed. Mm-hmm. They looked like snails. They're called escargos. And uh, that got us noticed. And then from that point forward, it's up to me. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I do? I, th- I see huge value in the home open space. Mm-hmm. So when I'm at home open, I'm switched on. Yeah. And I'm, uh, I'm engaged with people. I'm uh, incredibly funny. Just ask <laughs> me. Uh, you know, I'm interested in them. Yeah. And that's where, can I get all the real estate agents of Perth to turn off their <laughs> radios now? Stop listening. <laughs> Stop listening. Okay. <laughs> that's where I get the bulk of my business from. Yeah. Is the, in, the one-on-one interaction I have with people standing in home opens. Mm-hmm. And then the follow-up from that relationship and then you build on that and the next thing you know, when they're ready to sell, you, at least you get called in. Mm-hmm. Now if you're – and I've been to other reps, home opens, and it's kind of like uh, you walk through the house and you go, is there anybody here? Is there an agent here somewhere? Yeah. It's like uh, – or they're just ent- entirely not interested in you. I went to a home open the other day and the, the treatment that I received from the agent mm. – was diabolical. I've, what a shame! I, for and him I would never and the seller. ever. Yeah, that's right. I felt like I was like, I wish I had the seller's number so I could call them and say, change your rep. You know, it was so terrible, and it makes such a big, big difference. I'll leave you with some cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, that is showtime. Yeah. Not just for the house, but for you, mm-hmm. and it's precious time. So, look, by the time they say it takes at least three interactions to build relationship Mm -hmm. so and there's another saying too which i adhere to is that frequency of interaction leads to trust Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely a fact so if they've seen you at a home open and then you call them and then you maybe drop off some piece of uh, printed material whether it be sales evidence for their street or or the house they're interested in Mm -hmm. or whatever and then you follow up with another telephone call and they might see you next weekend at another house all of a sudden you're just you're not this alien anymore. You're kind of quite familiar. Mm. And frequency of interaction leads to trust. It's it's a truism. Yeah. And so that's kind of one of my formulas is to um, – and I find it easy because, I, you know, I like people. Yeah, yeah. So – Well, it's surely easier to interact with someone in a positive way that's come to you. You know, that, oh, for sure. You know, that it, it's such an easy, warm introduction. No, it, it definitely is. Yeah. Um, it's a little tough when you've got – you know, a house full of people I was and, say, and you're there well, for 45 minutes. Yeah. But best I can do then is to grab uh, telephone grab and numbers. email addresses yeah. and then uh, do the callbacks on the in the evening or mm-hmm. the afternoon, which is tough because that's your family time and you've got other demands, mm-hmm. but it's just got to be done. Yeah. How have you found um, the market? Because obviously uh, when I come out to, you, to your office and sure. I chat to your reps, they seem pretty positive and they're getting a lot, you we know, are. for the most part, getting lots of people through their home opens. We are. Where the rest of them, you know. Okay, so. I'll answer that question. It is tough. Yeah. I mean, the deals are much harder to set. Yeah. Um, everyone's worried about the finance at the moment. Yeah. Um, it's just harder to get um, 
finance across the line. The I'm seeing more mortgage defaultees, and mm-hmm. I haven't seen any for years. Yeah, like I mean none, and I've got two on the go at the moment. Yeah, right. Which really, really interests me, and I know of probably two or three others. So. I reckon we're going to see quite a bit of pain come through the market. Mm -hmm. What it means is that, um, you know, literally if the house next door to you sells for less, well, now yours is worth less. Yeah. It's just the way it is. It is the way it is. So there's a fair bit of angst out there. Um, There's never been a more important time to hustle. Mm -hmm. And what I mean is hustle to get stock. Yeah. And hustle to sell that stock and be the shiniest, brightest version of yourself you can possibly be. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's, there's no, you know, the the agent that um, says, g'day, have a look around. Doesn't say de- anything. He's dead. Yeah. You know, he's not going to get listings. He's yeah. going to rely on um, things like digital media or letterbox drops or whatever to get his invitation to get inside people's houses. Mm. And when he does, he, he's a stranger when he goes in. Yeah. So it's, you know, you're not doing yourself any favours unless you work your home opens really well. Yeah. Have you seen a change in um Buyer and seller expectations. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. So the big thing I'm hearing at the moment is there's there's a point in a, in the sales relationship where it, it it's a pivot point. Mm-hmm. So they go from yeah I'm interested, yes I'm interested, yes I'm interested. I think I like this. Yeah. So it's it's like a dance, it's like the tango, I guess. Yeah. But, um, there's a dance and then it gets serious. Mm-hmm. At the moment, it's hard. It's plenty of people doing the dance, plenty of people getting information and, and looking around, but it's a little tougher to get them to the commitment point. Mm-hmm. And the big thing is that, you know, I've had people say to me, look, I'll, I'll just keep on looking. Yeah. And I'm going, well, you like this? And he says, yeah, but I don't like it enough at the price. I'm going, well, let me talk about price to you. Is that okay? Yeah. So, you know, you, you, put that in its context and you get an approval for them to talk about now we're talking about price because mm-hmm. we've already agreed you like it. Yeah. And then you have a conversation around price. Now you might not like the price they're going to give you, but I will always take it to my seller mm-hmm. because good offers don't always start off as good offers. Yeah. Bad ones turn into good ones eventually. Yeah. And there's a massive difference between the time where somebody's casually interested in something to putting pen to paper. Mm-hmm. Once they put pen to paper, they've thrown their heart over the fence. Mm-hmm. There's a, a world of difference. Yeah. And they will tell their mum, they'll tell the kids, they'll tell the you know their mates at work they're buying that place. Yeah, they're skimming and the game then. And now they're, they're really, there's an emotional commitment that didn't exist previously. Yeah. And that's probably what I'm trying to say. It's getting to people to the point of emotional commitment. Mm-hmm. And what about from your sellers in terms of their expectations okay. of you as an agent? I, um, yeah. Look, I, I constantly beat myself up um, <laughs> for not being uh, communicative enough, but yeah. obviously I am. Yeah. I'm successful. and But whenever I make that telephone call, I try to make it high value. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll possibly, this is a human weakness, I'll possibly postpone making a call because I'm trying to gain data. I'm trying yeah. to talk to some other agent and get this organised and, and see if that seller is, if the buyer is really going to come to the table yeah. and that person I was talking to about their finance, if they're back in the game. And you know, and then I go to them rather than a telephone call that says, um, hi, it's Simon. It's one of where I've got lots of data and I've got yeah. lots of value to add in that conversation. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, do you prefer to sell or do you prefer, do you prefer to list or do you prefer to sell? 
I dig them both. Yeah. I did a listing presentation yesterday. I don't know if I've got the business yet. I certainly asked for the business yeah. three three times before leaving the table, <laughs> and and I and I, and I sort of segmented the um, the approval process. And uh, you know, I got I said, look, other than fees, are you okay to work with me? Yeah. And they said, absolutely. You know, we <laughs> this has been great. Yeah. And I really value the the exchange we've had. Mm-hmm. However, I'm struggling with fees. And I said, well, I obviously haven't proved to you my value yet. Mm-hmm. What about the fees isn't it, that, that's going to work for you? Anyways, we had a deep discussion around that. I, I literally turned them around and I shall find out today whether I've got that piece of business or not. But yeah. I walked out, anyway, the, my point in, in this story is I walked out of there. It actually doesn't matter whether I get the listing or not. It's mm-hmm. nice to get it. Yeah. But I was a great agent for an yeah. hour and a half. Yeah. I was an awesome agent and they, I opened their eyes because they wanted to tr- uh, transact on a fixed fee mm-hmm. like Purple Bricks do. Yeah. And I'm going, whoa, this is really bad for you and you don't understand why. And they yeah. said, you know, how could it be bad? And, and I explained all the, the pitfalls of working for a fixed fee and how the, the agents got no skin in the game. He just wants you off his books as quickly as possible. Yeah. And by the way, if it's a low fixed fee, you'll get the worst spot in the day because he wants to sell his full price properties and not, and they're, they're just, their mouths are falling open. <laughs> and and I'm, I'm going, you need to know all this stuff. And by yeah. the way, I'm highly trained. I'm a professional person. I've been doing this for 20 years. Mm. I know what arrow to pull out of my quiver to fire to get the result I need. Mm-hmm. And they're going, you know, they started shaking their heads and they, by the end of it, they were nodding their heads. And so right now we're just, we're just not arguing, but um, I need to put a little more work into them to convince them that, um, you know, I'm worth the commission. Yeah. Or in fact, agents are worth the commission. Are you having that discussion more and more? No. No. Generally, uh, if you get to the stage in your career that I am, you should have um, built up a, a groundswell of perceived value. Mm-hmm. So I bring a certain gravitas mm-hmm. to the meeting and I, I spend less time justifying myself but but uh, establishing the fact that I will be your leader yeah. and I will take you through a journey and that journey will result in this and mm-hmm. this is what it's going to look like. So, you know, if you, if you want to get behind me, I'll be the champion, your advocate and fight for you for the best price and get the thing sold. However, I can't, I'm not the world, I'm not the market, I'm not God. It'll, it'll sell where it'll sell, but I'm tell you what, I fight like hell to get you the best I can. Yeah. And I spend more time doing that than actually uh, arguing over my fee. Yeah, yeah. Tell me what's been your toughest time in real estate oh, or in business. Interesting. Um, in, with the introduction of GST, mm-hmm. I went through a period where sales flatlined for 12 weeks. That's 12 weeks of overheads mm-hmm. and wages to pay out yeah. and zero income. Mm-hmm. Three months, yeah, it's a long zero, time. nothing. You know, <laughs> like the patient is dead. <laughs> anyway, and then it uh, picked up just before Christmas um, and it ended up being a really good year because it was pent-up demand. Mm-hmm. Now, in that time period, quite a few people probably left the industry. Yeah. So for, you know, those uh, masochists that hung in there. <laughs> <laughs> well done. It ended up being a, a very good year. Now, yeah. that was particularly tough. Um and once again, in the interest of honesty, right now is tough. Yeah. It's, you've got a huge number of very nervous people that are sellers mm-hmm. and you've got a huge number of very nervous buyers. Yeah. Everybody's frightened to commit either way. Yeah. Um, and managing those expectations and the anxieties of those people and managing not to take them home with you, mm-hmm. it's pretty tough. 
What's your personal, uh, personally, what do you do when, you know, you've gone three months without income or at the moment sure. uh, kind of to pick up your britches and yeah. carry on? The biggest thing is to, um, I meditate. Yeah. Um, not really well, you know, because I have a feeble <laughs> mind. But I meditate. Yeah. I'd say five days a week. Okay. I've um, been doing yoga for the last couple of years and really dig yoga. Yeah. My wife is a you know yoga champion if it were an Olympic sport. <laughs> I um, I exercise not every morning but nearly every morning. Mm-hmm. If I'm a bit fluey or run down or whatever, you know, I won't. But I have this, um, well, my wife and I have this fabulous little poodle cross dog. He's called a taboodle and he is the catalyst for us going for walks, runs every single morning Yeah, and in the evenings too. So yeah. at uh, 6.15 this morning, my best friend and his poodle cross arrive at my front door and uh, we look like two big gay things as we walk <laughs> off with our poodles. <laughs> and this morning my wife came with us and we laugh at ourselves. We solve most of the world's problems. <laughs> We see the most beautiful time of the day. I live yeah. very close to Allen Park, which is in Swanbourne, next mm-hmm. to the SAS barracks, and there's a hill there called Mellon Hill. Yes. And we do a few laps of Mellon Hill and walk across Allen Park and we chat and we run a bit, we play with our dogs and we solve yeah, most of the world's problems yeah. then and there in that hour. And I get home and it's around 7 and I um, have um, uh, a little tonic, which I take in the morning, which is made from turmeric and... Uh, and then I have some vinegar and I'm able then to – I just don't eat anything until dinner time. Yeah. And then I eat in the evening. So, look, all of that describes an inner journey, not an outer journey. Yeah. It's all about looking after your mojo mm-hmm. and making sure that you're in a, in a state of self-love because mm-hmm. you can't control what goes on in the external world, mm-hmm. only what goes on in the internal world. Um, getting enough sleep is really important. Yeah. I'm finding that the value of sleep is – becoming more apparent to me. Mm-hmm. I um, eat clean, uh, get exercise, I sleep and I laugh a lot. The most so that's a rich life, isn't it? It is a very rich life, <laughs> very, very rich life. Um, I feel like we, sh- we should end there but I don't want to so we're going to keep going <laughs> because I would love to know from you, I guess, final question, mm-hmm. um, y- your advice to someone who who's getting started out in the industry. Okay, so... And I've helped many people who have mm-hmm. literally been starters. Um, find find a person who you resonate with for the right reasons, mm-hmm. not whether they drive a Bentley or, you know, they've got Prada shoes or all those things because they're superficial. Generally they've got those things because they're going to screw you. Yeah. Okay. So you just, you're <laughs> looking for the wrong qualities. The, the qualities that you look for are people who are entirely engaged in helping others mm-hmm. because that's where value lies. Yeah. If you, the, the more people you can help, the more wealthy you will become. Mm-hmm. And so, and it's a, it's a long game, not a short game. So it's, you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So I would say find somebody who you respect for sincere reasons. Yeah. Stick to them. Be, be teachable. Be willing to drop your ego and learn from the mistakes that they've made over the years they've been in the business Mm -hmm. and work like a maniac. And I mean a maniac. Mm -hmm. Most people have the wrong impression of what it takes to make it in this business. It it is really, particularly in the early days, um, 
you know, there's that old analogy that uh, uh, an aeroplane uses 80% of its energy to get off the ground yeah. and then the 20% is when it's cruising. It's literally true in real estate. Yeah. I can remember uh, when one of the officers I worked at in the early days, the owner used to complain about how much photocopying we did. And back then we printed our own flyers. <laughs> so this was like the more flyers, potentially more business, yeah. and he would whine about yeah. the photocopying costs. Anyway. And you'd only have one photocopier and we'd have to queue up for it during the day. So I, I soon tweaked that I would get to the office at six in the morning. I'd print this thing till the machine literally overheated. I had a fan. I'd put the, <laughs> open all the doors on the photocopier, uh, run the fan to cool the photocopier, close it all back up again and start that second printing as quickly as possible. And I'd have all my printing folded and everything done by about 8.30 when everybody else was just getting to work. Yeah. These days... You know, I'm older than I was and I have paid the price through, um, you know, not seeing my kids as much as guys who don't work weekends and all of those little things that um, you give away that seem incidental but um, really do add up in Mm -hmm. terms of your your energy levels. Mm -hmm. And really at the end of the day it's energy you're selling. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, and then there's, you know, we could like go to the energy store and like there's sincere energy and there's authentic energy and then there's loving energy. And But it, at the end of the day, it's a vibe mm-hmm. and people read it in you or they don't. And um, I'd say find somebody who is going to be holistic for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you don't want a, a person who's a good role model. So find somebody who lives a good life because mm-hmm. that's actually the most important thing of all, whether yeah. you live a good life or not. Yeah. Um, and become a, a maniac with a telephone. Just call, call, call. Get headphones. Don't have the phone to your ear. Um, be nice to people. Listen and learn. Yeah. I said that was the last question, but I've got another one. You lied to me. <laughs> well, it came from that because now I want to know what you look for. If someone comes to you and says, you know, I'd love you to be my mentor, what are you looking you. for in that person? Uh, I'm looking for a willingness to help others. Mm-hmm. That is the number one, and also some street smarts. Yeah, because you know, I don't want, I don't want you to be, end up being a doormat. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for somebody who can, who has real empathy with others, mm-hmm. but also as a problem solver for others, because that's how we get our problems solved is when we solve somebody else's. Yeah, and quality of listening, and the the ability to process what they hear into into good dialogue. Mm-hmm. And um, bloody good sense of humour. Absolutely. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> that is it. Been that was my fun. last question. It's Thank you so much, Simon. Total pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. The book's coming out. I, I need a signed copy. <laughs> That's it for this episode. We'd love any feedback or guest suggestions, so hit me up on Instagram on Jess at Crib. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to tell a friend.